Meantime, more on early childhood education. As I mentioned uh, before half past, uh, the ECEs, the Early Childhood Education Centres, think they ought to get a bit more public money. Apparently, places are closing at the rate of about one a week. And this has been steadily rising for some years now. Uh, there are fears the situation may be close to breaking point. Holiday pay. Minimum wage increases, extra sick leave, extra public holidays are said to be contributing to this. Peter Reynolds is with the Early Childhood Council and he's with us this morning. Good day, Peter. Good morning, Tim. Tell me, uh, I, I was under the impression that we were bulk funding huge amounts of money into early childhood education. We're, we're guaranteeing, what, a minimum 20 hours? It's not quite as straightforward as that. We've been calling for some time that the way the funding system works in early childhood needed to be sorted out. It is so complex, you sort of need a pack of Nurofen to make sense of it. But uh, okay. what, what happens is, is that childcare service gets funded on the number of children that they enrol, and also in teacher-led services like centres on how many teachers they employ. So there are a number of things that impact on that. First of all, a centre only gets two sources of funding. One is from parents, and the majority comes from government. So if you set your business up to be reliant on government subsidies and then find over the next 10 years that those subsidies are progressively crimped back, not only do they not keep pace with inflation, but even worse than that, they get crimped back further and further. We reckon the average childcare centre's lost something like $120,000 off their revenue line each year. Now, that's got to come from somewhere or it's got to be demonstrated in some sort of pressure. And that's what we're seeing right now. It's the effect of that pressure. Those, some, there's been some kind of consolidation as well, hasn't there, in the sector uh, with groups like Evolve emerging and you know, large branded strings of early childhood centres evolving. Are, are they doing all right or are they in the same kind of bother? They're in the same kind of bother, but I guess because of their size, they're able to, to sustain a certain amount of this, uh, this damage that's being done to the sector. Uh, but it is certainly affecting the smaller childcare centres. And that's a shame because with the closure of those centres, it's also impacting on parent choice, something that we've felt very strongly about for the last 50-odd years in early childhood education. So when it comes to a parent's choice, if you want choice, uh, then, you know, put your hand in your pocket and pay for it. It's a bit like a Clayton's choice. It's not just about the money side of things, but a lot of those smaller centres also offer special character. They have special philosophies, and they really feel like an extension of home. And you're just not getting that. It's, it's gradually decreasing. Now, the larger centres still try to do these things, but it just reduces the number of options that are available for parents to choose from. But uh, I guess there's an argument then, isn't there, that, OK, well, that's one of those things that's sort of nice to have, uh, but if it's so expensive that parents can't afford it or don't want to fork out that kind of money for it, well, it's not viable. It's just, a, you know, sadly, a business that fails. That's right. But on the other hand, if government... So boo-hoo, is, you know, that's, it, uh, let's move on. Yeah, but if, if the government, through the licensing process, because remember, every service has got to be licensed, says, well, we need you to have a special character, we need you to offer a service within certain parameters to parents. So they're, they're saying one set of rules, but then on the other side, the impact of the policies they're having is actually having a really detrimental effect. 
there's a there's a clause in, in in the latest plan, strategic plan for the sector that says, look, we want to go out of our way to support community-owned services. Well, right. that's great. But among the 40 services that have closed just in the last 12 months, there's a good proportion of those are community-owned. They need support. They don't need somebody to wander in with a big stick and smack them over the head because they're not they haven't got their policies written up right. Right. Okay. Because there is a tremendous amount of regulation in the sector, and there are inspections all the time. Eros uh, coming around all the time, checking up and uh, saying, "Oh, you didn't do so well, so we'll be back again in uh, twelve months or uh, eighteen months uh, to check on people." What's the answer to the problem, Peter? Bar more money. There's there's a couple of things there that I think need to be looked at. First of all, we don't we're, we're quite happy with the idea of people dropping in and doing impromptu um, inspections because we want to provide a safe and happy service for children as well as the government's expectation to do that. But we don't want to focus on compliance activities that actually have nothing to do with the care and well-being and education of young kids. We want the focus to be on that, not on how many little bits of paper you might have. So a, a review of that sort of compliance activity, 303 separate things a centre has to get right every minute of every day they're open. Yes. It's just yes. ludicrous. Yes. And there is an issue, unfortunately, about funding, but it's not just that. We've got a huge teacher shortage in the sector at the moment. We're still, like everybody else, trying to come to terms with the outcome of COVID. Uh, there's a range of different factors that are impacting on early childhood centres, just like they are, as you mentioned, on other small businesses in our community. And we need to make sure that we're supporting them. Uh, Peter Reynolds is CEO of the Early Childhood Council.